Welcome to Just Three Guys. My name is AJ, and I'm joined by Thomas and Q. And we are back from our little hiatus. It does feel good to be back. Uh, we got a pretty good show for, for you guys today. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to touch in before we get into, you know, what's going on with sports is it's really crazy to imagine that this time last year, we didn't have any sports at all. Like, th- just this past weekend, we had baseball, we had basketball, we had soccer, we had hockey, and we had the Masters. And it's yeah. just hard. It's very hard to imagine life without sports. And we lived it, you know. So I'm very thankful that we have all sports back. We have fans back. It's it's a really good feeling. I don't know about y'all. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll say I remember <laughs> I remember uh last year in the group chat when they were talking about they're like uh could you rather do a year without sports or a year without your girl? And I was like the only one who said, I'll do a year without my girl. <laughs> and everybody looked at me funny. <laughs> Here we are now. I said everybody took sports for granted. Yeah, I I definitely took it for granted. I think I remember like a few years ago, I was thinking I was like, I don't know if I could ever imagine life without sports, like any kind of sport. And you know, we we went through it. So well, I was saying like it was weird because obviously you had like the different sports came back at different times too. So mm-hmm. I was out there watching golf, and I don't ever watch golf. Yeah. I was watching soccer religiously. Like I just needed some kind of sports content to keep me going. It yeah. didn't matter what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the most that I actually watched basketball when they went back into the high eight or went back in. Oh, yeah. They went back into the bubble. Yeah. Or when they did the bubble, I should say. And And then, you know, golf without fans, soccer without fans. It was it was just weird as well uh, without fans. Like, so especially when there were the crazy plays that would happen. And it's like no reaction in the atmosphere besides the players. And it just didn't feel the same. So. Like, with me, for some of the sports, I was cool with no fans. Like, basketball, the NBA didn't bother me too much because I thought it was cool to kind of, like, hear the players mm-hmm. chatter instead. Um, football, obviously, I think you need you need fans. Um, it's cool to hear the big hits, but even with fans, you hear the hits on TV anyway. So, yeah. Um, the one that I enjoyed the most without fans was, like – fighting like boxing and UFC, MMA yeah, and all that I thought was great without fans like it's cool to you know they're gonna have fans back uh for the one in July oh, I'm sorry not in July for the one um 261 next week actually uh is yeah the 24th. one they're doing in what is it Jacksonville yep yeah they're gonna have fans full, back, so like full crowd yeah it'll be cool to it'll be cool to see because like when somebody gets dropped you'll be able to hear the crowd go nuts but it was cool to like hear every punch or every kick and what the corner was saying. Right. So, it'll be cool to see fans back though. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially for uh, college basketball, man. They needed it. It was so. Yeah, boring. they definitely did need it. So boring. Especially the, that national championship was a snooze fest. Oh yeah. I mean, it had it had its moments, but fest. yeah, it wasn't the best. No. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I'll say, shoot, look at uh, the Rangers. What what their opening day had fans, right? 
They yeah, a hundred percent capacity. They had a completely right? sold out game. Yeah, so they were, and it's they're under know, fire a little bit for it, but I mean, yeah, even like with COVID still, and all that, the teams need it. The teams need the, you know, the owners and stuff. They want those fans back because they're gonna make more money. Of course. So, it's it's cool to see him back. I'm I'm happy that it's slowly going back to to how it used to be. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, so, first topic. Baseball has been back for two weeks. And if you've been watching, then you know it has been electric. We have had already a ton of dingers. We had a no-hitter thrown last week. And my favorite is we've already had Rob Manfred just trying to <laughs> fuck everything up. And just within this two weeks of baseball being back, the MLB, they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta mm-hmm. for political voting reasons, which I'm not going to get into. And they moved the game to Colorado, which apparently has the same voter rules that Georgia put in place. So they're extremely similar. Um, that had no uh, discussion with the Players Association, nothing with the teams, nothing with uh, team management, anything like that. It was just a move made by Manfred before any like it came out of nowhere it wasn't even like it was speculated that it was going to happen it literally just came out of nowhere um yeah. so that was the first thing that sucked and then uh we also learned that the like the officiating and umpires need to be held accountable and I'll get into what happened last night which was probably one of the worst showings in years um but first thing uh, in the Mets game, it was the Mets-Marlins game. The game was tied. I believe they were in extra innings. Yeah. Uh, it was bases loaded, one out, and Michael Conforto, who's on the Mets, he leaned his elbow in front of a pitch over the strike zone, and the ball hit his elbow guard. Yeah, now, say, when it, you actually it was watched, barely, too. Yeah, it was yeah, like... When you actually watch the replay, the pitch was within the strike zone. Yeah. And I guess there's some rule within MLB replay system is you can't review that kind of play. Yeah, that's, so that's it, just a, the umpire, a umpire's judgment. Which, yeah, Right. The umpire should have called it a strike, which I guess, I don't know, him being in the way could have obstructed his view. I'm not sure. But the umpire should have called that a strike. Um, instead, Conforto got hit in the, his elbow guard. And it was a walk-off walk, and the Mets won the game. And then later on, the umpire actually said that he had made the wrong call. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It came out what like a couple days ago that he said he should have should have called it a strike. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then um. So that's just kind of like one thing that I wish there was something to where umpires could be held a little bit more accountable. I'm not talking like punish them or anything. I just think they should have to give some kind of public statement on why they made a certain call or like give it something with like almost like a merit raise or something like that. Like if you make this many bad calls in one season, this might affect your raise. Like give them a reason to actually take their shit seriously because you're the top, top of talent for this sport. You're doing this shit every single day. Like, you can't be sleeping out there. Because this, ha- this 
could potentially affect team seasons depending on how they play down the stretch if it comes down to you know one or two games with these calls that umpires are making they have a they can have a huge effect on it it's, it's hard to say that they do now because we're so early in the season mm-hmm. but down the line depending on where these teams are I'm not saying the Marlins are going to actually you know be in contention for the playoffs I know they went last year but that was a 60 game season and right now they're at the bottom of the standings yeah. but it's just I, I want there to be something that holds umpires accountable. Now, one thing that umpires really weren't accountable for, like it wasn't the umpire's fault, and this was last night. So, Braves and Phillies, they're in the top of the ninth. There's, um, I believe there was one out. They had two on. Their Phillies had two on. Uh, Alec Bohm was on third. Didi Gregorius was up to bat. Gregorius hits an opposite field. Shallow pop fly. Ozuna fields it. He double clutches, which he probably shouldn't have, but double clutches, throws the ball. Travis Darno not blocking um, the base path. He's actually standing in the left left batter's box. He gets the ball off a two hop, applies the tag, but when he applies the tag, he does kind of get in the baseline, but it's still legal for where he is because he's blocking only part of the plate. Bohm slides. His foot actually skips over home plate, and he doesn't actually touch home plate. Now, the umpire calls him safe. Was he actually safe? Well, no, because when we look at all different five or six different types of replays that they showed, all the different angles, I should have said, when they look at those angles, you could see multiple times, and even in uh, unison when they're showing all the replays together, Clearly, his foot skips over home plate. So they review the play. It goes all the way up to, or whenever they do MLB replays, it's centralized, kind of like the NFL is where it's in New York. And they had it sent over to New York. They're reviewing it. It took like five minutes. And they come back, and they still ruled Boom safe. And they actually ended up winning the game for the Phillies because the Braves didn't get any hits in the bottom of the ninth. They lost the game, which I'm – you know, that just was a huge momentum shift because they were going at it all night. Like, it was yeah. probably one of the best games overall of the season. Like, it was dinger after dinger. The score was changing every other inning. Like, it was a very, very entertaining game. And then it, it sucks that it had to end like that. Um, I, Like, as far as where they're at with the replay system, like, it is so flawed. Like, if you're going to have this system and still make the bad call, then why even have yeah. it? Because two things, if you can't make the right call, get rid of it. If it's not going to help, just get rid of it. Because this isn't the first time they've had some kind of issue with the replay system. The second thing is it slows the game. The game is of baseball is already slow, and this just slowed it down even more. Yeah. And given the time of, of the game where it was, like I'm sure everyone on on the Braves they were just like, fuck it, I'm done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like, that's a loss. Like, it's hard to come back from that. No. um, With reviews and stuff like that, I mean, it's so young in baseball is the thing. So, like, you look at the NFL has been doing reviews for the longest time. Even the NBA has, like, they just brought in the coaches challenge not too long ago. But the NBA has always, like, done reviews on flagrant fouls, uh, out of bounds, like, over the last you know, however many years, yeah. um, mm-hmm. 
the one thing that the NBA does do that I would like to see other sports do is like the the final two minute report for the NBA where it basically over the last little bit of the game they talk about what they missed or what calls they made that they shouldn't have made. So yeah. in a situation yeah. like how, what what happened in baseball yesterday, mm-hmm. um, instead of umpires not being held accountable, like you said, I would like them to, you know, maybe implement something like that and have them like talk about why they why they made this call the way they did. Um, I think it's something it would clear it up for not only players but for fans as well who maybe might not even know all the rules on how sure. certain things work it'll it'll help with a lot of a lot of different things you know like like i said it will give that like it'll clear things up for situations wish, like that i wish there was a thing that was implemented with like the replay officials where like especially if they get something wrong then they need to come out and show like what was their perspective on making this call yeah because could you use like in a lot of I hate to say, but a lot of Phillies fans, they were like, oh, he was definitely safe. The umpire was in the way. Oh, he (laughs) blocked the plate. And, like, so okay, you could say on a couple angles, sure, when he slid, the umpire's leg was in the way. But on, like, the four or five other angles, you could – it's clear as day. Yeah. It's clear as day. Um, The only thing I could realistically think of would be because I believe – I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the rule is – if the catcher has the ball, he's allowed to block the plate. It's when he doesn't have the ball, he's not right. allowed to block the plate. So the only thing I could think of is they're saying maybe he blocked the blocked it too early, and that's why they call I mean, him safe. But because... normally, normally, if that was the case, they would say it. Yeah, like it would come and out, they and they would. Yeah, like, there hasn't been anything said. Yeah, by the officials or the MLB or anything. It, it, it's. Basically, I mean, like you said, with nothing being said, it's almost—it's just a missed call, you know? Yeah. I've seen a couple different angles on Twitter. I told you yesterday, or it might have been earlier today, I watched it like nine, ten different times because I thought maybe like he nipped the plate with his foot or something right. like that at one point. And from the angle i seen on Twitter, he never, never touched. And it was, yeah. it was clear enough. And the umpire was in a, like, the perfect spot to focus on it and, and actually be able to I, the, see it in the umpire's defense the only thing that i could think of as like where he was standing i don't know if it would have been hard for him to see his foot skip up off the ground and yeah the plate like because his spike could have drug across the plate yeah but this is kind of the same case like you know when a play happens in the nfl say like it's a fumble and the guy was actually down and they pick it up and they return it for a touchdown mm-hmm. but then they let the play go and then they review it, and then, you know, clearly, like, his knee or his elbow's down. Yeah. They bring it back. Yeah. I figured, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of those situations. They let the play go, and then they're just going to review it, and then they'll overturn it. Well, there really is no way to do that in baseball, though, is the thing, because that was that was in what – that was a walk-off, right? That was to win the game. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a walk off. It was top of the ninth. It was tied. All right, so so they had a chance know, to win, but they did. So the thing is, though, is after that, like it's a scoring play. The play is over at that point. Like mm-hmm. nothing else is going to happen. The catcher had the ball. 
nobody else is going to run. So that's the end of the play. So I see where you're going with it, but I don't, I don't know how else you could kind of review it other than how they do it now. It's just they missed the call. They made a bad call on it. Yeah, and I think we've seen it happen. It, you know, when it comes to comparing the NFL and MLB, I think you know with the NFL every week counts. Like every week counts, every play counts. Yeah, oh, yeah. and, that's and I yeah, and yeah. I think you know MLB because it's so many games. Like you know, it's like whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, it's you can like, drop some games yeah, here yeah. or there. But I remember. Oh, I mean, imagine if they did some shit like this in a playoff. Yeah, game. That's yeah. What I was, I was gonna say, say. Like, now, if this was like a wild card game or like you, yeah. it's September and it's crunch time on the season and you're in like a tight race in the in the division, that would be different. But the fact that you know we're two weeks into the season, it's not. Uh, to me, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, because I remember. As long as it's. I remember. And th- that was a. Okay, yeah, I remember us talking about um, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Patriots in the playoff game. Yeah. And how detrimental that fumble was. And so, to the Jags. Yeah, for the Jags, because they would have scored. Miles Jack would have scooped and scored. Yeah. So, like y'all said, if it was a playoff game, it would be totally different. I think, you know, sports analysts and all this stuff, all the sports shows have been blowing it up. But because it's just a, a regular season game, you know, even for the NFL, if it yeah. was a regular season game, yeah, they're going to talk about it, but it wouldn't be as – like it wouldn't really hit. It wouldn't bother people as much as if it was in a playoff game. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um. As long as they fix it, yeah, they yeah, yeah. they have you know 155 games left to correct it. So. <laughs> right. They'll be yeah. fine. It, that was the main thing that I what like, it infuriates me. Yes. But also, I'm, like, not completely taking it as bad as some other people because I know this was only, like, the ninth or tenth game of the season. Yeah, that was so the ninth So, it wasn't game, really yeah. that big of a deal. They yeah. still have 150 games left. Yeah. But they'll, they'll be fine. It's no – it's not a big deal. They'll figure it out, yeah. you know. You, you, you see missed calls in baseball all the time. It's just mm-hmm. now, you know, it's got a little bit more of a microscope on it. Like once the season starts getting further along because they have reviews now, mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. takes like that, that human error out of the, what was supposed to at least take like the, the errors out of the way for it. But yeah, I mean, we see the NFL all the time. Like you just said in the playoffs, it happens. And the NFL has been doing reviews way longer than baseball has. Sure. Man, you they still don't. The, they still don't get stuff right. The infamous uh, Rams and Saints. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the worst one. Yeah. So yeah. So. I feel like you know. Reviews help. Yeah. Review. I think. Human emotion get into it because it's like, damn, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Do I want to say I'm wrong or do I just let this ride and say I'm right? I think that's the thing with a lot of reviews is because if you're overturning something, you're admitting to the everybody watching that. Yeah. Oh man, I got that wrong. Yeah. So, and nobody, especially not at the highest level that like these umpires are at, are yeah. they don't want to do that. Oh damn! Oh yeah. damn! I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that case, then I think it the replay system should benefit the umpires to give them something a little bit to fall back on. Like if they make a crucial call and they get it wrong, well, at least there's something to be like, no, you actually called it wrong. This is actually what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they can do to change it. 
it just sucks as far as, you know, what has happened so far. You know, it's only been two weeks and we already have a couple blunders. If if you're being real, if you want to talk about, like, review systems, nobody has a worse review system than soccer. <laughs> yeah. Soccer has the, the absolute VAR, worst that one. shit's yeah, it's trash. a nightmare. That and shit is trash. So, you know, anybody who watches soccer, I, you know, whatever, however you feel about the Braves game, I guarantee you theirs is ten times worse. <laughs> yeah. They're out there but, but missing okay. goals and getting getting penalties because of it. It's okay though, cause the the Braves won the series anyways. They won two games out of three. They get to take all their frustration out on the Marlins, which who they're playing right now. So, and they're still wearing their 1974 throwbacks in honor of Hank Aaron. So it it'll be a good week for him, I think. Yeah. But uh, moving on to next topic, just recently, about what maybe an hour ago. Uh, uh, nah, Julian it's been Edelman a couple hours announced now, yeah. has been a couple hours. Yeah, Julian Edelman announced his retirement, uh, mainly due to injury. He failed a physical. Yeah, um, and the team basically told him that they couldn't resign or they had to cut him, and he had announced his retirement due to injury. Thomas, I know this one hurts for you, man. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was all. I think it's it's hard to not be a Julian Edelman fan. He just he's just like a foot like. A football guy. It I mean, if matter. you're an Atlanta fan, you fucking. I'm hate saying him. it's yeah. hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's pretty. He's not likable. He's an asshole. It, really? I think he's an I asshole. I see. Oh, why? Because <laughs> because of how like when he talks on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. See, I, I think the I reason... think he's an asshole for catching that ball in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, Rob, his leg played for the Patriots. <laughs> uh, um. But no, I mean Edelman. He was just one of those guys, you know. If you you wanted to go return a punt, he'd go return a punt. You needed him to line up in the slot, line up outside, go play some defense for you, run down on on a kickoff and tackle somebody. He did it, you know. Yeah, whatever I, the team would, needed to do. I would love him on my team. I'm saying against going against yeah. him. Oh, we would have we would blow for blow. We'd have been fighting. I, I was gonna say, and then you know, obviously, since he's had meaningful, like. Once he took over for Walker, he was Tom Brady's security blanket for his whole career, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't – threw touchdowns, ran touchdowns, sacked Vince Young in a in a game. <laughs> um, I, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to see him retire out there. I'd rather see him retire as a Patriot than go somewhere else. Because I know we, we talked about it at one point that maybe – he was gonna get cut, and they're gonna go have a a reunion over in Tampa Bay with with See, Brady and Gronk. When I heard that, um, when you had texted and said that he's about to retire, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, he must have figured out that uh, he's not gonna make it into Tampa Bay. Uh, they don't have room for him, so he's so, just like, fuck it. <laughs> so I seen a thing. Um, I seen it on Twitter, probably like an hour ago, that because it was due to a failed physical and he's hurt. The Patriots cutting him actually helps him because the um, the CBA allows him to collect mm-hmm. like two million dollars yep. because it was due to injury. Oh, wow. So I think it was kind of, I think it was kind of like, uh, helping each other out. Like the Patriots obviously freeing up a spot, and then Edelman is still finding a way to get paid. My boy, my boy, mm-hmm. get a disability um, check. Basically, <laughs> yeah, um, a fat one at that. I would say, and then like, even then, like, bro, I was looking at his his stats in the playoffs. Like, I don't know if the Hall of Fame 
I don't know if he'll ever make like the NFL Hall of Fame. He's for sure going to be in the Patriots Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure. But like, even when you just look at his playoff stats, in nineteen, he played nineteen games. He's in the fifteen games he started. He had a hundred eighteen catches, uh, one thousand four hundred forty-two yards. He only had five touchdowns, but eighty-two of them were first downs. Uh, shoot, he had almost a hundred rushing yards. And he threw threw a couple touchdowns in the playoffs, one of them being, you know, the big one against um, Baltimore oh, yeah, to yeah. Danny Amendola in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that, that dime that he threw. Um, when, it comes to, so, when it comes to Edelman, I always go back, same, Edelman and McCaffrey, I always go back to what Deion Sanders said. He was like, you know, they don't, they don't get the respect because they're white in skilled positions, obviously. Because it was a time yeah. Edelman – Bro, Edelman was a top five receiver, easily. I, I would say, easily. yeah. Like, there was a time. Yeah, but he, he wasn't getting his respect because he's a small white yeah. dude playing with Tom Brady. Stuff like that. Like, of course, you know, uh, it's not his fault that Tom Brady's good. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's not his fault he's reaping the benefits of Tom Brady's, you know what I'm saying, legendary work ethic and all this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the time being, I was. Edelman, Edelman kind of set that stage for, like, wide receivers that could throw a little bit too because you know with us like with our flag football team we have a we have a play called the edelman yeah and it's literally like a wide receiver screen slash pass <laughs> yeah I, you know and especially for edelman you know even if he doesn't make the hall of fame you look at what he did you know he had man how many years did he play he played what is that 12 years 11 years he played as a seventh round pick playing a position he's n- at the highest level yeah. Won three Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl MVP at a position he never played before he made it to the NFL. You know, yeah. he he caught like one pass, I think it said at college. And he took that work ethic and, you know, he made a made a career out of it for himself. Yeah. Um He's got grit. Yeah. Yeah. Even he came back from a couple from a couple knee injuries mm-hmm. th- in the first place, so no, it sucks that a knee injury is kind of what what took him out of it. But he made he made his money. He he had a long career for the for the Patriots and was a you know I'm not gonna say the most important part to the um the dynasty, but he had a very a very like big impactful spot on the yeah. dynasty, I especially say, with Tom Brady. I say regular season, Julian Edelman, playoffs, James White. See, I don't even know if I can go with that, man, because you look at the um, 2018, you know, look at the Super Bowl season. So 14, 16, and 18 when they won. Uh He had 26 catches in 2018, 21 catches in 2016, and 26 catches in uh, 2014. And that's across, what, three games? Yeah, because I usually get Four games? Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then on top of that, he was – he was averaging ten yards a ten yards a catch in twenty fourteen. The twenty sixteen he was averaging sixteen point three and then twenty eighteen was averaging fifteen fifteen yards a catch. So I he, he was just always very, very reliable. Like he was in the slot, you gave him that little option route. Oh, yeah. And when the game was on the line, you know you you know who big third downs, you know who Brady wanted to go to. Especially when Gronk was beat up and wasn't playing. You know who you know Edelman was the one who was going to get the ball, and he 
still found a way to get open. He was not the fastest guy in the world. He but, still he still pushed off in the uh, Seahawks Super Bowl. Hey, you know what? It's okay though. That it didn't boy. get called. <laughs> that boy did it, boy. He oh, liked, he sure did. He liked, he on, the, on the little. Stretch <laughs> the Mars out. Oh man, uh, yeah. I, I that that was the when the guy. I remember on the replay, you could see um, who who was guarding him. Was it Lane or or was Lane the one who broke his arm in that game? Was it Lane? I think Lane was the the backup corner. It was um ah uh, um um shed. Nah um I I, dang, I, I forget who it is, but I know I I remember like if you watch the replay, as soon as he caught it, you could see the cornerback doing the yeah the push the off, push yeah, off yeah, motion. Yeah. <laughs> so he gonna definitely be missed, but, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, he was putting off the little white guys out there, wide receiver, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's, it's hurting all these dudes that, you know, you, you grow up watching throughout middle school and high school retiring now. Oh, dude, it's – man. It hurts. I wish. <laughs> it's it okay. Hurts. You you um, toss on toss on Madden 15 and you can go play with them all in the heyday, you know. <laughs> Call the I'm day. Out. I'm sure that shit sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, speaking of uh, – Age, we're going to get into the newer generation of the NFL coming in. We are, what are we, just about a little over two weeks away from the NFL draft. There's been some newer speculation, especially since the 49ers hopped up to that third pick. Uh, we're seeing some, so I think we officially have the shoe-ins for the first two picks. Number one, obviously Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Number two, it seems really just obvious that the Jets are going to go Zach Wilson here. They traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. Uh, it, they didn't send any of their scouts to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Or, I'm sorry, not Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance's pro day, or their second pro days. So, it just seems like, you know, Zach Wilson's a shoe-in to go to the Jets. Now, the question is, what are the 49ers going to do? It seems really obvious that they're going quarterback. It's a matter of, are they going to go Trey Lance Justin Fields, and the new one that I'm seeing a lot in mock drafts is Mac Jones is proje projected in the top five now. Yeah. And I feel like this just came out of left field because <laughs> I at least like expected him top, maybe like top 20, top 15, but yeah. all the way to three, that's surprising. And over Trey Lance and over Justin Fields, and it's not like I'm seeing it on just a couple mock drafts on some small sites. Like, I'm seeing it everywhere. Yeah. I'm seeing it on NFL Network. I'm seeing it on ESPN. I'm seeing from some of the top, you know, analysts that do mock drafts that Mac Jones is, like, really high potential to go to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if it's because he's the most similar quarterback to what what they have. Like, like does, does Shanahan just favor the pro-style quarterback? I think – yeah, because, like, you With look strong at... Strong pocket presence. Exactly. Like, you look at, like, he had a lot of success with Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. Matt Jones, throw throw the ball. He's not going to burn you down the field with his legs, say, but yeah. he can run yeah. enough to pick up some yards if need be. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he can run if need be. Matt Jones, very, like, he, he seems very similar to what Kyle Shanahan, the type of quarterback Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan likes. Um, I'm, you know, it, it'll help out 
whatever other team needs a quarterback because I I don't think Mac Jones' upside is as high as Trey Lance nor Justin Fields, but, you know, maybe they're seeing something that we're not. I, I try yeah. to be disrespectful yeah. on Trey Lance, but why is it, you know, he gets all this his praise when North Dakota State been a dynasty for for a while in Division Two football? Like, why is so, it, like, why is it he's getting more, what's the word, I guess more notoriety than these Power Five school quarterbacks? Uh, well, for one, I'm pretty sure it has to do with you know, throwing 43 touchdowns and no interceptions. But, um, no, on top of that, like, I seen something saying Trey Lance calls his own protections and all that stuff at the line of scrimmage himself. Okay. Where, I guess, not a lot of other college quarterbacks are doing that oh, yeah. at this So he makes high state. IQ plays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so, didn't understand. I was like, why? Why is this another North Dakota State quarterback this high? So we know, you know, that school is a – a division to Alabama, like powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I don't think he's going to, he's not ready to start right away, obviously, but I think him and Justin Fields are kind of in the same boat with that where, yes, you know, if they can go to a team and, and sit for a season, preferably, or even six or seven weeks and then go out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have, with the exception of, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, because Trevor Lawrence is, like, being hailed as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, Mm -hmm. When you look at, like, a size, arm strength, and speed thing, like a blend of all these skills, Trey Lance and Justin Fields are at the top of the the quarterback class. They run better than the majority of the other quarterbacks. They have an arm, and they're accurate. Trey Lance has had, I guess they say, I don't know, I don't watch a whole lot of North Dakota State, so, but they said he struggled on the deep ball at some points, but accuracy is something you could fix. Look at Josh Allen. That's true. Yeah. Josh, you know, if you have a big arm and you can run, like the stuff that you can't teach, they could fix all the other stuff. And I, yeah. I don't like the way, you know, these analysts are talking about how Justin Fields 4 forward doesn't matter in the NFL. To yeah. me, it matters. If you telling me a guy is running a 4-4, then I'll have to change out my defense containing him because I know he can get out the pocket and make something happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand, right. like, they saying 40s don't matter. So you telling me a dude that can run 4-4, you're not going to contain at all. You're just going to run your regular defense, and he break out in the pocket, and now look at you looking stupid. Yeah, so I, scrambling around to try to stop yeah, him. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that one. I, you know, I, I've always thought that, like, an argument I always made was, you take Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Tom Brady is the better quarterback, obviously, but if you're a defensive coordinator, who would you rather scheme against? Tom Brady. Exactly, because Tom Brady's not going to be a threat to run run past you. Yes. You know, especially with the quarterback if, changes and all the rules now. Well, exactly. I'd take me a scramble. Like it. it the unscripted plays yeah, yeah, is where that 40 time helps out. Yeah. And you've seen it in college, you know, and that's the cool thing is, you know, the majority of the quarterbacks who come out now, you know, Mm -hmm. it used to be the guys who could run were really rare. Yeah. And 
now you're starting to see a lot more quarterbacks being able to maybe not run four fours or four threes, but they can all move around well enough to pick up yards and, and scramble away if need be. Yeah. Now now you got the guys who can't run are kind of the the farm few between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um it it is gonna be interesting to see, you know, how that's gonna play out in the draft as well. Like who's gonna go first? Is it gonna be Trey Lance or is it gonna be Justin Fields? And yeah. who do they go to? How do they get to that team? Because the 49ers are in at three. There's not going to be any kind of, you know, movement for them because they moved to get there. But the, yeah. the biggest pick of the draft left in the air is the fourth pick. Yeah, the and four and five, I think, yeah. I literally have no fucking clue what's going to happen. Like, they're talking about trades. They're talking about Kyle Pitts. They're talking about Fields or Lance. Like, I don't know. I don't know what route they're going to take. They have multiple routes that they can take. Do they actually get a player? Because there's a few generational talents left, even at the fourth pick. Yeah. Do they trade and just keep trying to rebuild for their future? Are they going to be able to even get a sweet enough deal to give up the fourth pick? Will they even be back within the top five? Because clearly when you get a new GM – you get a new – you completely revamp the entire coaching staff, with, including the head coach. Like, you're not expected to finish – or the expectation for the team is to not finish that bad. Yeah. yeah. Sure, if you have a mediocre season, yes, because you have new coaches and everything. But to finish, like, exactly where the team was the previous year, I can't see that happening. Okay, so – Missing the playoffs and being, like, 7-9 and nine or – they're playing 17 games. 7-10. 7 7-10, sure. Like, I can understand that, but being back where they are, so, like, how did they go? Because also you have to play in effect. They had the salary cap issue. Like, is there going to be a player involved in this trade? Is it going to be multiple picks? Like, I've seen they could potentially go back to, what is it, if they trade with, like, Denver, who's been to one 10. of the top, top Denver's teams. nine, I'm like sorry. Nine or ten. Yeah. What are y'all, ten? No, we're 15. 15 so because i've seen the patriots trade up to four as well so let me ask you if you're the falcons what if a team was going to offer you a trade what would be the trade that they would have to make for you to move down ideal uh first of all i'm only accepting a team that gives me a trade still within the top 10 okay um you don't have to give me a next year's a next year's first round pick, but you could give me a second round pick for next year. Mm-hmm. So I give you my first pick. You give me your, uh, we basically swap picks this year. And then you give me like a second and two fourths, uh-huh. depending on, you know, how many picks they have in the draft, you know, cause a lot of teams deeper in the draft, they have multiple round picks. So I, I seen, one saying because New England is sending, you know, sending people out to both Trey Lance and Justin Fields' second pro day. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen one that had New England would send, obviously, the fifteenth pick, yeah, uh, a third round pick this year, and then a first round pick next year to try to move up into the draft. Uh, try to move up with Atlanta, 
Um, now the thing is, how valuable is that first round pick for next year going to be? Because if people, uh, this is Bill Belichick yeah. we're talking here. You could have two like later round yeah. picks. Yeah, you'd have two middle round picks. Like it's not guaranteed. Yeah. So, you know, the thing with some of these teams, like you look at like um, Dallas is a good example. You know, Dak was hurt last year. Do we really think Dallas is going to be as bad as they were last year to be a pick ten? I absolutely um, do not think that. I don't that. know. You know, because they suck with Dak. I don't know about pick ten. I could say maybe like middle of the pack, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. New England is. Do do we really think New England is going to be as bad next year as they were this year to be at fifteen? I don't know. You know, that's the one that I say no. You got a couple different people here. Like, they're talking about. Washington trading up to eight with Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a, it's a lot of stuff like some of these teams that are missing a quarterback or you think are like one or two pieces away that they can get in the first round here. Like you have a very strong chance of that first round pick next year being in the, you know, the twenties or even a, a little bit like mid late twenties, you know, so how valuable is it really going to be? Yeah. It's not like trading with the Bengals or the Lions, who you know are kind of going to be either right at the top ten or they're going to be in the top ten for sure. Oh, they will. The Jets. So, yeah, teams like that, you know, if you're trading with that, it's way different. (laughs) (laughs) So, But, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But for the Falcons, I think it's, to me, it's either do I – trade down for better picks or whatever next year or do I take a generational talent in Kyle Pitts yeah cause I I don't care about the defense the defense hey, as long as we can score 50 points a game <laughs> I feel like if the Falcons get Kyle Pitts it's bruh that that would be a crazy like the offense is already great like offense yeah. is it can move the ball, but having Kyle Pitts to free up mm-hmm. more more space for Ridley and Julio, uh, Julio, I'm to call him Julio, Julio, <laughs> like bro, that'd be a that'd be a good pick. But and the problem and the is thing the is defense. everybody who everybody who wants like the Falcons to get rid of Matt Ryan and they talk about AJ is fantastic at being one of those people that one week he <laughs> loves Matt Ryan, the next week he hates Matt Ryan. Yes. You know? I am. I have a very love-hate relationship with him, but at the end of the day, I think I love him more than I hate you, I'll him. I'll say, you look at what he did last year. He completed 65% of his passes, threw for 4,581 yards. Yeah, he did throw 11 picks. He had 26 touchdowns to 11 picks. Like, that's not that's not the greatest in the world. But how many of those games did Julio miss last year? Uh, Many. So, <laughs> I don't know the exact number, but I know he missed a lot of them. So, you know, you, you still have a quarterback who, who can be super accurate throwing the ball. He played nine games last year is what he played. Yeah, so that's not even that many. Yeah. So, you know, you have a quarterback who can still go out there and be accurate. He can lead, he can lead a team. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, get the right system around him. Not even the right system. Like, you know, you want to get him another a Kyle Pitts. You're not going to be able to guard mm-hmm. all three of them. Facts. A, a running back. You guys are going to have to take a running back at some point because. I mean, I'd say all four of them because 
Hayden Hurst showed that he can be a problem Josh in that Gunnar offense Hurst. as well. Oh, yeah. See, I forgot a, about him. A, a two tight end set with him on, on the field as well, plus Julio, Calvin Ridley, I guess you say Russell Gage. Yeah. I mean, that's weapon after weapon after yeah. weapon. And then, you know, it could be very similar to the Kyle Shanahan offense that got them to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Arthur Smith would love that, to be honest. But on the other side of things, you also have to look like we're talking about some of these quarterbacks that you'll have left with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, potentially Mac Jones, potentially all three of them could be left. But when you look at these quarterbacks, because Matt Ryan's aging, we all know. He's not aging like Tom Brady, so he might have a couple years left in the tank. He'll be 36 at the start of next season. Yeah, so do you go quarterback here and do what everyone's expecting, where the quarterback is basically bred behind Matt Ryan, learns the system, gets it down, basically like how Pat Mahomes was, and then comes out and plays, or do you go Kyle Pitts, or if you even do go Kyle Pitts, I've seen Patrick Sertain up there as well. Do you go one of those guys, build the offense for another weapon, or build something on the defense, and you wait another year for a quarterback, well, next year would be that year to then try to grab a quarterback if it's not this year. And when you look at next year for it's who's not that good. going to go to the yeah. league, not it's that good. not. Like, it's led by like Sam Howell from UNC, UNC Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Kadon Slovis from USC, Bo Nix, like – it's Bo not a good Nick. class. Yeah. Like Spencer <laughs> exactly. Rattler could potentially go out. Um, JT Daniels from Georgia. Brock Purdy, Ohio State. Iowa State. Tanner Morgan, Minnesota. Emory Jones. I even I don't even want to say that, but like it's when we're talking about the quarterbacks this year compared to what we're getting next year for the draft, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And that's that that's my thing. Like, if you don't go quarterback. How do you prepare for the future? Here's, and that's one thing I learned about the new GM with Atlanta is he's very quarterback driven. And in a few interviews, he said, you know, he likes to have one or two quarterbacks in the depth chart mm-hmm. regarding either. Okay. Well, you know what? They had Drew Brees. Drew Brees retired. He was prepared for it. He has uh Taysom Hill. Winston. Winston. Um, in this case, you have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan hardly gets hurt. Uh, that's what does, I was going to say. Yeah, but uh, I look mean, who was there? You had Matt Schaub, Dominic Davis. <laughs> he hasn't been on the team I know. for years. <laughs> but you look. I mean, but, he he's he's missed. Let's see, 2009 he played 14 games. Um, he he did miss two games in 2019. In he played 15 games. Mm-hmm. Other than that. He's played 16 games every year. That boy healthy. Yeah. So I mean, he he, he really does stay yeah. healthy. Now here here's my thing is, which is surprising because he gets hit a yeah. shitload. But he's one of the most sacks quarterback. Old line. What what you don't want to do is now say you, say you're the Falcons in at pick four, right? Say you draft a quarterback. What happens if Matt Ryan goes out there and throws? Say he throws for another 4,581 yards, but say this year he throws for 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. 
you're going to have a, a iffy situation there because look at the situation the Packers are in with Aaron Rodgers now. They just used a first-round pick on a quarterback last year. And then Rodgers goes out there and has an MVP season. True. So, you know, if you're the Falcons is, and you believe in that, do you want to keep two quarterbacks on the roster who are making that much money? But can you compare Jordan Love to the talent that's in this year's class at quarterback? Why can't you? I mean, Jordan Love's got a, a giant arm. He can run. At the, at that but is he is he considered one of the generational talents? Because that's what Fields and Lance are considered. I mean, I don't know if I would say I don't know talents. if I would say generational, but so Lance is considered generational talent. What? But they I never heard of him. They <laughs> the thing with Jordan Love is though they believe in him enough to where they use that first round pick on him while they have a quarterback who's who was still playing mm-hmm. at a high level. Yeah, you know, it's not. I, I I understand where you're coming from. It, it's not like you know, say the Saints would draft a quarterback in the first round last year. He sits. Okay, you knew Drew Brees has an injury history, and he's obviously retired now, so it would have worked out. Mm-hmm. I think if you're gonna draft a quarterback, you got to be smart because if you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you're not committing to whoever your starter is for very long, like Kansas City did. They drafted Patrick Mahomes, and then Alex Smith was there. What? Two years, yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Either two or a year. I think. Yeah. All right. You know what? I have a different scenario. Curveball. Here we go. Atlanta drafts Kyle Pitts. Further into this season, let's say probably like the off season, maybe. Deshaun Watson turns out all those women were lying. Deshaun Watson come back to the league. Atlanta signs Deshaun Watson. Boom. They got their quarterback. Well, that would have to be for Deshaun Watson. For cheap. Deshaun Watson would have to be cut. He'll get cut. <laughs> they don't you think? Like it. Even though his trials? Yeah, Houston don't want Houston won't want to deal with that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Houston Houston Texans will get canceled if they keep him on the roster that long. I, I feel like there's only two players in this draft that's That's my that's, shot. That's my uh deep shot in the dark. Two players in this draft that's generational talents. Kyle, Let's see if we can guess them. Oh, okay. Kyle Pitts and Trevor Lawrence. Nope. Yeah. Not Trevor Lawrence. My boy Quidi Pay, baby. Michigan. Oh Big my blue. gosh. God. Big blue. <laughs> Let's go Quidi. Oh god. His his pro day was Shit, nuts. Najee was... Harris could be considered a generational talent. You say who? Why? Why I why would Najee you consider Harris. Najee Harris a generational talent? <laughs> he could be. What? How? He could be. I didn't say he actually is. No, no, no. Like generational talent, like they're talking about like when I think generational talent, game, like bro. like Saquon coming out of college. Generational yes, talent. Yes. Like to me to me, um Damn, I just drew a blank on his name. Um You just said his name. Team. Saquon? No, not Saquon. Uh oh Najee? Yeah, there you go. Damn. Um <laughs> to me, like you watch Najee play in college, he wasn't doing the thing Saquon was doing. Saquon wasn't no, surrounded was with first round first round weapons everywhere saquon was surrounded by saquon and jerry sandusky i say Najee reminds me of a, a bigger uh cal uh alvin Kamara. can receive can run Najee's just like six two two thirty he's a, he's a big fella yeah so it, generational talent now we see that in the league right now we see re- uh receiving running backs we see it in at least yeah. five, ten. And people, who, and people who can do it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to call yeah. that. I don't see that. He's, he's good. 
he's a good running back, but I don't think, yeah, I don't see him and be like, damn, my team, what, well, Pittsburgh needs him, but damn, my team needs him. Like, the, the only thing, like, go ahead. I was going to say, like you said with Saquon, like, bruh, coming out of the league, I mean, coming out of college, they was like, it's going to be the the best running back in the league. And you yeah. still got Zeke over here doing his thing. But, of course, you know, people want to say Quan because he was hurting only people. He could yep. cut on a dime. He was more flashy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, that's – and now we see where Saquon's at. He needs to stay healthy, yeah. man. I mean, this yeah. is his first time getting injured. Yeah, yeah, the ankle. Yeah. Or was it ACL? It, his ACL this, this year. This year was his ACL. But he missed some games. Yeah. Oh yeah, with a high sprain. Um, ankle. The season before with the ankle sprain, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know. Shout, shout out to Quinn. <laughs> if I had to give you my, uh, like my prediction on what happens with the fourth pick, I think Atlanta goes Kyle Pitts. I don't think they're going to get a good enough deal to trade to out the fourth pick that high in the draft, dude. I I can't see it. Um, the one thing I will say about the draft, because I I agree with you. I like. I think in order for Atlanta to move down, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna it's have gonna to have be a to good take one. a lot, and it's gonna have to put them close to that same position next year. Yeah. Um. I've said it for I don't know how long now, and uh, I know it makes Jaybird really mad every time I say it. I wholeheartedly I believe Trevor Lawrence is gonna be on one side of the spectrum or the other. I don't think he has an in-between. I think either he's going to be phenomenal his whole career or he's going to come in and he's going to be like a terribly big bust. I don't think, I don't know why I look at it that way. I don't think he has that middle ground. I don't think he's going to be like one of those like serviceable guys in the middle, how like Alex Smith was for all those years. Yeah, I think he's... I need a quick quick pause. Ronald Acuna just... Got a triple. This dude's on fire. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You're fine. Uh, yeah, I just think Trevor Lawrence, I don't see him being, like, that middle ground guy. I think he's, like, I think he's going to be either boom or bust. Nowhere in between. Yeah. I don't know why I look at that. Like, I think Zach Wilson's kind of going to be the same way, to be honest. But I think Zach Wilson has more characteristics of being a bust than being a boom. It's, like, it's going to be – I. I hope it's not, but I have a feeling Trevor Lawrence is going to be in a situation where Sam, kind of like where Sam Darnold is. Trevor Lawrence where is? Where it's hard to consider what? You said Trevor Lawrence is going to be in that situation? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the team that he's going to, who's his best receiver? D.D. Westbrook? They got D.J. Chark. They got Chanel. This big guy, D.J. Chark. They got, you know, but they have. He's James Robinson. Yeah, like, they have, they had, they need an offensive line as their issue. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it, so say Trevor Lawrence goes out there and has two bad seasons. Is, is it quick enough to call it a bust? Because people were ready to call Sam Darnold a bust, but do we really actually know if he was a bust? But look at. Because I don't consider it. Okay, but there's a big difference between getting DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault and James Robinson and all these people, and then you look at who Sam Darnold had last year. Sam Darnold had uh, James Crowder was hurt the majority of the season. He had Brashad Perriman, who was, let's be real, he hasn't lived up to where he was drafted. Yeah. Braxton Berrios is five foot eight, and my man was out there as a starting wide receiver playing out there. 
Like, it, it wasn't... Their roster last year was terrible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, let me, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to actually tell you the receivers that they had last year. Hold on. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't getting no help, like, at all. Like, we seen, like Thomas said two weeks ago, we seen sparks of what Sam Darnold could be. Dude, dude can throw the ball. He, know, he knows how to read defenses. But if you're not getting that time, if you don't have the weapons, like, it's a reason why he said he was seeing ghosts against the Patriots. They was disguising defenses. His line wasn't holding up. Like, bro was just out there in no man's land just – Throwing the ball, getting smacked uh, are up. you, are you ready for this? Listen, this was his start. This was his starting cast last year. Sam Darnold, he had Frank Gore, who's thirty-seven, Jameson Crowder, who played in seven games, uh, Denzel Mims, who was a rookie last year, but he had twenty-three catches for three hundred fifty-seven yards and no touchdowns. We sound like Juju. Um, Brashad Perriman, who played in twelve games, had thirty catches for five hundred and five yards, three touchdowns. Chris Herndon, 31 catches for 287 and three touchdowns. Um, he had Mackay Becton, who obviously, you know, yeah, offensive I mean, line. Yeah. Uh, and the rest, the rest of them, I really don't even know. Like they don't even have a left guard up here on this <laughs> on this website. Connor McGovern, Greg Van Rotten, and George Fant. None of them got. You know, the only guy who played the whole season was the center. I'm like you're asking you're asking Sam Darnold to go out there and play with us at wide receiver. And the defense was trash. <laughs> yeah, the defense was horrible. Outside of, you know, Quentin Williams. Um that's about it. Marcus May. Marcus that's May. about it. He's straight. You know, if if any quarterback in the draft is going to the worst possible situation, it's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's gonna walk into the same exact situation that Sam Darnold was in. The only difference sure. is he's getting a better coach. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'll say Adam Gase's career was made off that one season with Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning was probably checking out of all those plays. <laughs> this idiot. So Yeah, at least at least Trevor Lawrence will get to play the Texans twice a year. Yeah. So <laughs> That's a dub. Assuming Watson doesn't play. <laughs> Even if he does. It doesn't yeah, matter. Uh, that defense isn't that good. Houston sucks. <laughs> Houston's really bad. So, yeah, I think out of everybody in the draft, I think Zach Wilson's got the worst case scenario. Oh, quick, quick, quick yeah, opinion, quick I opinion. Um, I had Joe this weekend, and my uh, one of my sergeants is a uh, Washington football team fan, and we was talking about um, what division do you think is going to be the toughest? I said um, AFC North, of course. And he said, um, NFC West. So what, what division do y'all feel like is going to be the toughest this year for football? I, I can go with the NFC West. I like NFC oh, West. Some of the so, oh, I mean, look at the quarterbacks. Yeah, I would say this for one bitches. reason, bro. You got to <laughs> yeah. think. Um, obviously, the Seahawks are going to be there. Mm-hmm. You see the Cardinals have gotten better per, under Cliff Kingsbury and with Kyler Murray every the last couple years that they've been going. And the AJ um, Green pick is good. Yep. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they got the Rams have a quarterback. Yeah. I'd say they just got Stafford. And then you people forget that, you know, all the San, all of San Francisco was hurt last year. And COVID. <laughs> hurt of COVID. Yeah. Even though he was talking about it, Russell Wilson's most likely not leaving Seattle. Yeah. So and then the forty nine ers are gonna be healthy next year. 
Okay, but we got, you know, we got the Steelers, you know. We, you got the Bengals. We're a regular season team, baby. No, I mean, but you uh, got the Bengals. They're going to win at least seven games. I got to bet eight. with Ricky on that, actually. I got to bet with Ricky that uh, he said the Bengals are going to win more, game than, more games than the Patriots this year. Oh, oh he's he tweaking. Dude, does he so, not know so, that our division has, like, the hardest schedule this year? <laughs> oh, he's tweaking. Did he say that pre or post uh, AJ Green? Post. We were talking Leaving. about it when we went to uh, when we got wings the other night. Uh-oh. Oh, he tweaking. You know me. I, I was sitting there watching the Braves. On my <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> I was paying attention. Um, you know, we got Lamar Jackson. You know, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Hey, Amen. I mean, our division will be tough. I'm sure, you got quarterbacks. Our division will be tough. Y'all got defense too, but I mean, you have the Bengals. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Come on. The man. Bengals is really holding that division down, dude. Come on, man. But if you if you look at the NFC West, like any of those teams, if you look at any of their matchups, it's not that they can make the playoffs. It's just like you can't look at a game that they play and have certainty that they're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. Even when they play each other, I'm like, I don't know who to take. Right. <laughs> like, like those are that that's a division of teams. Like depending on who they're playing, I'm not betting yeah them. especially if they're playing in division right like rivalry games yeah yeah not yeah, touching yeah. them that's that's tough you know that that division could very very well have three teams in the playoffs next year yeah in that's my true. opinion um yeah i it, hope that's crazy uh, just think if you win 12 uh, games and you still not making the playoffs bro i'll be hurt yeah <laughs> especially when you got a team who go Say you get like somebody from the NFC East goes seven and ten, and they make the playoffs, and you're sitting on the outside with twelve wins because you couldn't snag that that other one of those wild card spots. Right? Yeah, that that that'll be tragic. That that's that's the reason why I like uh basketball because they just do the seeding in general. Yeah. But I I see why the NFL does it their way. You know, again. Get, give every division a shot. Yeah, because the Giants would have they too. We'll see how this, we'll see how this extra game plays out too. Pretty excited for there yeah. to be an extra regular season. I'm game. not. There's no way to go 500 anymore. That's true. Also, good. Uh, you can have a tie game. Does that count? 500. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, eight, because eight, eight, I eight, don't eight. know. I don't know how that affects your win percentage. Oh, yeah, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, yeah. You won 50% of your games? <laughs> no, no. You did, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck no, it you up. didn't win 50 You didn't oh, win nah, 50% yeah, percent of your games. 50% of... I don't know, man. I ain't no mathematician. It, it will probably be something super close, like 49.3. Yeah. Let's see. That would be a... Let's see if I can find this here. Number of, number of wins. We're going to go 8, 8. One calculate. Nope, it would go down as fifty. A word. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Harvard. <laughs> you found a way. <laughs> I'm going to Harvard. That's crazy. Right. Unless this website lied. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, let's get on to the uh, first segment of the show. Uh, obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago we started. Uh, basically, just random questions to debate. Uh, Man, it's my turn this we, week. We should do the do question. the question last. Do the question last. I like I like being do able to yeah. Last. I like being able to end on. I like 
ending on the questions. All right, so we're going to end on the question. Let's just get over to oh, best player to where we normally do best player end of the show, but we're going to move it up. We're, we're calling audibles Thomas's, today. We're calling audibles. Yeah, per Thomas's request, we're going to move it up. Best player to wear the number 16. Thomas, since you called the audible, you're going first. All right. Best player to wear number 16, um, Joe Montana, Joe Cool, whatever you want to call him. Went to Notre Dame, you know, a four-time Super Bowl champ undefeated in the Super Bowl at that. Uh, stopped Dan Marino from winning a Super Bowl. Uh, Hall of Famer, three-time All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowl. He's got a record of 117 wins and 47 losses. Mm. Completed 63.2% of his passes for 40,551 yards. Uh, that's good for 273 touchdowns to 139 interceptions. I'm not sure what the ratio on that is. I'm pretty sure it's, it's just very close to two to one. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm not going to Harvard like Daquan is. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> you know, but he, the four, the four Super Bowl wins undefeated at that, you know, and it's not, he, not like he played slouches either in those Super Bowls. I believe he's never thrown an interception in any Super Bowl. Could be wrong. No, 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 no. But I believe in the Super Bowl, he's never thrown an interception. Um, it's just, you know, there's a couple other quarterbacks you could have went with, but none of them live up to what Joe Montana did. Joe Montana kind of set the blueprint mm-hmm. as a, a champion for quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Q, you want to go or me? My best player to win number 16 is Ben Macklem. I'm playing. No, it's Joe Macklem. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it was really no one else to, to like debate this against, man. It, I mean, four and zero, baby. Like I don't know what else to say. Like, and at the time he was the best quarterback in the game until Tom Brady came and took that time. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I couldn't find anyone to argue with this one. Yeah, it it is really hard. I agree. I did have someone, but not to argue against or anything just someone to throw out there to just like pick for number 16 we're kind of getting to those numbers where it's like damn i don't really know many people like 16 or 17 that you know off the top of my head that if i really think about it but the one person that i had to bring up since you know baseball is back around the topic of baseball uh new york yankees whitey ford he played from 1950 to 1967 he's a hall of famer 10-time all-star six-time world series mvp uh he won a cy young award and he won a world series mvp um so that's pretty solid whitey ford for baseball but yeah joe montana for sure um joe cool we will throw out an honorable mention just for for db because if we don't i'm sure he'll say something to at least one of us about it um we could toss len dawson out there since he was the quarterback for the Chiefs, yeah. you know, one who gave them their first Super Bowl. Um, I don't really care about everything else. He, all the other stuff he did. He won a Super Bowl, won the MVP. Uh, yeah, he's in the I Hall was, of Fame. I was definitely about to ask, who the hell is Lynn Dawson? Uh, <laughs> I know what, what in the world? You know what? I think I only know that name because of DB. Yeah. So, so just, just for, just for DB, I'll, I'll put him down as an honorable mention. I didn't even know the dude AJ is talking about. That man said 1950. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
a little bit before our time, but it's okay though. A it's little okay. what? We don't uh, discriminate in <laughs> generations here. We don't discriminate generations. I do. 1950. Was that 71 years ago? I don't. I don't know that. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> so. All right. Let's get into the random question. Last segment of the show. Question is. Would you rather be the star of a bad team or an average player on an elite team? Would you rather be the star of a bad team or an average player on an elite team? Hold on, what, what, what sport is this? Because <laughs> that matters. Any Just sport. In doesn't general. Matter. Just your team. Your team in general. Right, so basketball, definitely a star player on a trash team because, for one, it, am I an attractive basketball player? <laughs> you know, you're not Kelly Oubre. Damn. Um, I don't you're, know. Uh, you're you're like Andrew Wiggins. Oh, <laughs> I am still 6-7, so um I'm And I I thought I thought of this question because I was thinking about it the other day how like Mike Trout is like the face of the MLB but the Angels suck. like have sucked ass yeah. for so many years since he's been on that team and he's just been true to them. He signed a max deal with them and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's a star of a really bad team. Yeah, man, he may not him. ever win a World Series, you know, with them. So that's what kind of stemmed this question. Mm. Um, honestly, I would probably be – I would rather be an average player on an elite team. Oh, you drink my green. Well, because the thing is, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, what everybody talks about is championships. Championships validate you. And Brian Scalabrini said it best – when he won the championship in 2008, he said, 10 years from now, you know, people might not even remember I played. He said, but I'm going to tell my grandkids. I might even tell my grandkids I started. So I'm I, cool with that. I don't know, Let bro, me get the championships. Because, you know, Robert Ory, seven rings, and, and no one's talking about Robert Ory being, like, a, a great. Okay, but, like, what are, what are we considering, like, an average player? I'm think I'm thinking like a role player for basketball, like a what a seventy five seventy seven overall Madden for football, like that's what I'm thinking. Like you are right. <laughs> you ain't nice. You ain't, you ain't uh, got. I was sick. You don't got no badges or nothing. Because because <laughs> like when I think when I think of an average player, I think of like who who would be a. Like a sixth man in the NBA, like like a Dennis Schroeder, or you get guys like that who kind of, you know, have their games where they look really good. Yeah. But for the most part, they're just kind of just kind of doing their thing. Like to me, like Marcus Smart, as a whole, is a very average player. He's great at defense, but to me, he would be an average player. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'll be a star player. So, I'll play on the bad uh, team. Uh, send me, send me to um, the Magic. Let me shine. <laughs> you don't care as long as you're scoring thirty-five okay. a game. Thirty-five a game, and I'm getting the the Latino women down there. However, <laughs> <laughs> but baseball. What about you, AJ? Baseball, I'll oh. be an average person because that's a that's more of a team game. Same with football. Average. It is, yeah, team. but. I would say if I'm baseball, I'm an average player on a yeah. lead team because I can't imagine being on a shit team and being good and playing 160 something. Go ahead, games. ask Noah Syndergaard. 
Shit, he's been hurt the past like two or three years. He hasn't even had to play. <laughs> he sits there and collects a check, and then he gets oh, fucking Tommy John surgery. Oh, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom, DeGrom. Oh, DeGrom. DeGrom, that's my bad. I was Bro, about to say. Did you see the... I came out of nowhere. Did you see the... um? The crazy stat that they had on him after his last no decision. So, um, he he left a game throwing a shutout. They were up 3-0, and he left a game, and the team gave up five, the Mets gave up five runs, and the bottom of the eighth to lose. That now has been since 2018. De, 2018, Degrom has had 33 no decisions. In those games, he's posted an ERA of 1.76. New York has blown a lead in 11 of those contests and have ridden the ridden those 77 starts to a 36 and 41 record. Oh, the thing that also pisses me off is I have Degrom on my fantasy team, and it's an extra 10 fantasy get points win. for the pitcher if they get the win, and I never get. You're those never points. getting that. I mean. He gets all the strikeouts, so he's still averaging a shit ton of points a game. But those extra ten points could be crucial. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at the same time, like if it's baseball, I don't think I would mind. Like, I would be cool being a star player on a not good team because you still look at Mike Trout. Like, Mike Trout's what is basically the face of baseball, best player in baseball. And at the end of the day, yes. like baseball and, doesn't care about the doesn't really care about the rings as much. No, I say you look at Ken Griffey, no, Ken right. Griffey look, Jr. on those on the, the Mariners. The situation that Mike Trout's in, the Angels, like they're starting to finally come around. Yeah, you know they got Shohei Otani, uh, Anthony Rendon last year. Um, their pitching still kind of needs some help. Obviously, Sho- Shohei Otani is a pitcher and outfield a hitter but you know they still need they have some of those other pieces like david fletcher is a really good contact hitter for them um they have albert Pujols, which i think this is probably his last season if i think about it he's like 50 uh same thing kind of with justin upton he's getting up there in age like they have the guys but it really for them it's been their pitching their pitching has been atrocious ask the red sox who needs pitching when you score 13 runs a game? <laughs> yeah, but y'all weren't doing that the freaking World Series year. Y'all had Chris Sale. They were still they were still putting up a bunch of runs though. They they and were like the they were like top three in run score. And you had you had a Xander Bogarts. You had a Mookie Betts. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they they just score a bunch of a bunch of runs. Like look at them. Angels haven't. Look at them last right, year. Right, but the Angels haven't had people like that for a while. Since like, the last time they time, went to the playoffs. It was just Mike Trout. Yeah. It was just Mike Trout. I, I would like to say, um, after the uh, college women's national championship game, I watched the Angels versus the Detroit Tigers, and I seen uh, the, the uh, pitcher hit a home run. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, he's talking about Otani, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh. Was that the one? That was a game that he threw 101 yep. miles an hour and hit oh, yeah. a home yeah. run. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he was having fun out there. I was like, oh yeah, he cheating. Yeah. He can't stay healthy. Though. Was not. like, you know, a few years ago, if we throwing a hundred, you know, we would have been going crazy. But now it's the like the norm now. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck, fuck baseball. I definitely can't play now. <laughs> I gave that up. <laughs> I can't hit a hundred miles. I probably I can't even hit seventy. <laughs> but yeah, that's my one baseball game of the year. 
That that's your one game of the year. You gotta go to a game. One game. You gotta go to yeah, one. Yeah, if if we go to one, I want mine. Probably Orioles because I like these uh, stadium. Camden Yards uh, is nice, those, yeah. Those, uh, those tickets are a lot easier to get than fucking Nationals Fact. tickets right now. And yeah. they got a good funnel kick out uh, Baltimore. Dude. So shout out we'll to talk. We'll talk to Jaybird, dude. We'll get a, We'll see yeah. if he can get us to hook up. Shout out Baltimore to you. However they say <laughs> However they say words. Oh, oh. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, uh, quick, quick little last closing note that I have um, prior to closing the show. For... The people who listen to the show that are baseball fans, I know we didn't really talk much about baseball in the prior weeks, but I did follow spring training a lot. And one guy that I was following that I knew would probably have some kind of impact if he made the roster is Akil Badu. And he plays for the Detroit Tigers. He actually was in the Rule 5 draft, which basically is like the draft of unprotected players yeah it's the unprotected players it's basically guys that are unprotected but also majority of the people that go there underperform Mm -hmm. and he was selected out of the rule five draft i don't remember the team that actually had him um but he had some he had probably one of the best first weeks in his career the very first pitch that he saw in his first mlb at bat he hits a home run uh the very next day he hits a a grand slam and then the game after that, he hit a triple. And it's just been taking off from there. He hasn't actually gotten a starting spot, but I would say look out for Akil Badu this season. He's going to be someone to watch for for the Tigers. Um, If you want to know what team he started out with, that would be the Minnesota Twins the he started with. Uh, hit 243, 11 home runs. 24 stolen bases, and he moved up to the Fort Myers Miracle for the 2019 season, but played in 29 games because he had to get Tommy John surgery. And then went on to be the third pick. He did have yep. Tommy John. You are right. I did see that. And yep. then with the third pick of the, the Rule 5 draft, like you said. Hmm. I don't I don't know if y'all can hear it, but I like I don't know what the fuck is going on in my apartment complex. They, they're literally doing landscaping at almost 9 o'clock at night. Look. So if y'all heard that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our listeners and Thomas and Q, I apologize. Um, but another thing, you know, I'll get, I'll get it out real quick. Um, Robert Whitaker fights this weekend. If you don't watch UFC, go go support my man Rob. <laughs> you you can they're gonna show him get knocked out by Adesanya like four different times in the lead up to the thirty minutes before he fights, but it's okay. It doesn't hurt anymore. I'm kind of numb to it at this point. <laughs> Uh, that's on ESPN, though, at 10 o'clock. Well, May car starts at 10 o'clock, our time, on Eastern Time. Um, oh, I don't know I don't know what that would be for the re- for everybody else, I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> oh, Lord, man. I'm going to be knocked out. Yeah. 10 o'clock, what? I can't wait to move out of this fucking... Who the fuck does landscaping at 8.40 p.m.? Hey, man. Bro. They're Go bark at him. Go bark at him. They're growl. always here at, at like, noon. Which is fine, they but like get checked, people, man. people go to sleep at like eight o'clock. Listen, all right, that, that's my rant. In honor of DMX, <laughs> go out there, go out there and growl at him one time. In honor of DMX. <laughs> no, I can't. They're they're trying to get their bread. You're the one who's just complaining about them trying to get that bread. <laughs> well, I blame. I don't blame them. I blame 
whoever runs this damn apartment complex can't wait to leave. Oh God, I can't wait to leave. All right, so I did, I did the, I did the goodbye last time. We're, we're gonna let Daquan get it. You did. I'm not, dude. I'm not having mic issues this time. Is because I started talking shit about my AirPods, and I was like, I need to get rid of these things. Come, but then they start working. Come on, Daquan, send it, send us off. It's your turn to do it. All right. Um, thank you for uh, listening to our podcast, Just Three Guys. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At uh, just three guys, you can follow AJ on Twitch at just one guy. Shout out my guy, shameless plugs. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> everyone have a great day. You know, uh, rest in peace, DMX. That that one hurt. That one hurt, dog. Uh, any any closing remarks from you guys? No, I'm all good. Uh, Thursday night, Thursday night, 11 p.m. I'm going live. MLB, the show 21 comes out. I'll be doing a 12-hour stream. I'll be opening packs and doing Diamond Dynasty. So if you're uh, going to be into that, come watch the stream, twitch.tv slash just one guy with two Ys and change the O and one to a zero. Um, it's, it's been a couple weeks, Q. You got a joke for us? Nah, man, I, I'm dry, bro. I got to uh, go back to you, the drawing, drawing board, man. You get, you're slipping right you're now. Safe you're safe this slipping. time, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, you're safe. I've been letting it slide because you're losing weight. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying I'm to get a, uh, trying to get wedding ready. You know, we got like twelve of those this year. I'm gonna I'm have one. God. I'm gonna have one uh, next week. Believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll switch oh. it up. You can you can get one on AJ next week. No 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 no. It's gonna be on you. Fair. It's, it's gonna be on you and your thick back. All right. oh man well i look forward all right everyone appreciate appreciate y'all listening you guys have a good week love you mama i'm out bye